and welcome to the Macabre Podcast Universe. And you know what that podcast is about, Jordan? It exists to prove people wrong when they say sequels are never better than the originals. Yes, it does. And today, we're going to be putting that question to the test. <laughs> yeah, seriously. We're talking about the, the DCEU, and last week we talked about Man of Steel, the first entry, and this week we talk about Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. Now with us, we have, for the first time ever, a returning guest to our show. Oh, yeah. I really, it's Jeremy wow. Eden, who you may know from our Jurassic Park 3 episode or the wonderful 90 Under 90 podcast. Welcome to the Welcome. show. Well, thank you. Thank you very much for having me alone. Uh, normally, I would be joined by my co-host and brother, Dan, for this type of a thing. And uh, when I said, hey, I'm talking about BVS with Micah, he's like, that's okay. I don't, I don't need to talk about that anymore. And I was like, fair enough. I'll handle this one solo, bro. You still have some, some stuff you need to say. I have apparently I have so much to say. <laughs> That's great. Awesome. So, so much to say about this. So, okay. Okay. Right off the bat. Cause I'm chomping at the bits as I can tell by your expression. Um, have you seen both versions? So for our audience, if you don't know, there's the theatrical version two and a half hours long. And then there is the ultimate cut, which is three hours long. Have you seen both versions? I, I have seen both versions. I watched the ultimate cut for this. Um, you said you were not, you, you had planned to not watch it, but we're kind of forced into watching it as, as I understand. Um, yes. but yeah. it was always my plan all along because, um, when I saw the, you know, the theatrical cut, I was sitting in the theater and my thought was, huh, <laughs> For most of the movie. <laughs> and then I was just like, I, I honestly, I don't know how I feel about it. I have to give it a second go. And then, uh, you know, when it came time for home video release, they had the ultimate cut. And I was like, okay, let me watch that and see. And uh, I, I was, I was that, that, uh, that, huh, went to, oh, okay. <laughs> sure. Okay. So yeah, I, uh, I prefer the ultimate cut. Um, I yeah. can sit, I can sit through three hours. I have, you know, Michael, we talked on, 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 uh, when you were on our show last time, sometimes you like to just, uh, sit back and, and let a movie, you know, do its thing, do your thing. Oh with yeah. The yeah. Movie. You know, I'm trying to keep it fairly clean here. And, uh, <laughs> so yeah, I, I have no problem with those slow burn movies, you know, a three hour movie. If it's like, if that's what we're going for, all right, I'll sit back. I'll, I'll get into yeah. this. Let's do it. Okay. Okay. This is, this is great. So Jordan. Yeah. Let the audience know your experience with this. This was my first and only time watching it. So never seen the theatrical. And as we were watching this ultimate cut, Michael was like, oh, this is actually making more sense a little bit for some of the stuff. And I, I would turn to him periodically throughout the movie and say, what <laughs> makes sense about this? It, it, it was to me, it felt like a movie, you know, as it's going like this looks really good. I, I'm tracking, I think. But then when I start to think about what is actually going on, I have no idea what's going on besides bad guy, good guy. It's very convoluted. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So the thing I have now realized after watching this movie, because I think I think it's pretty safe to say that the ultimate cut um, bumps it up like a a if if we're doing like a ten point rating system, I think the ultimate cut gives it an extra point. And I'm someone 
besides Lord of the Rings, I usually don't like director's cuts. I usually think they suck uh, for the most part. Isn't the Watchmen director's cut like the cut, though? The Watchmen cut? Well, I haven't seen the theatrical, but I like the oh, Watchmen cut. I've not seen director's cut. Um, and then with, with this whole Justice League thing, which we're going to talk about in a couple of weeks, I <sighs> just think I've come to the conclusion that Snyder is a person that needs like three hours to tell a story. Yeah, I think I, I think I agree with that too. Yeah. It, it seems like he does better when they're just like, let him take his time, yeah. you know? Yeah. And better being a relative term, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When I first saw this movie, so oh, there's so much that I, <laughs> this I know. I, I mean, it, like, let's like, let's both, <laughs> let's all three take a deep breath here because I feel like we're going, yeah, we have a lot to explore here. And I feel like I have so much to like say that is a preface before I can even get into yeah. it. I know. I, I, yeah. you know. But, so, uh, of course, I'll, you know, obviously. Well, you, I'll just say to you, my preface is much quicker because okay, okay, I haven't great. seen it. This was my first time. And the reason it was my first time is because I avoided it. So yeah. Man of Steel came out and it was like, oh, I'll see it because of Christopher Nolan's involved right after The Dark Knight Rises. Saw it and it was like, okay, I mean, I just thought that was just a Marvel movie. So I wasn't very interested in anything else. And then this came out, didn't care. Suicide Quit came out, hated it. One of the worst movies I've ever seen. And then I was like, I don't need to see any of these movies. That's my preface. Okay. And that's a great preface. Um, so for me, first of all, I do want to say for our because we have been going over the Batman conglomerate, starting with Michael Keaton over yeah. this year. So I should hearken the bells that this is kind of a big deal episode because this is our last true uh, Batman movie um, until, well, I don't know if we'll cover Pattinson because that's not really attached to a franchise. So yeah, ring the bell to that. Um, and then when you're done ringing, listen to this preface I have. <laughs> now, when I first saw this, I was completely out on Marvel, and any eagle-eared listener will know that we were out on Marvel, we came back around in Phase 3, we rewatched the series, and for the most part, we just adore it. Yeah. For the most part. But then, at the time when this came out, this came out the same year that Captain America Civil War came out, which was your two main heroes, Iron Man and Captain America, versus yep. each other in the same year that Batman and Superman... Okay, I didn't know that. Yes. That's interesting. And and Jeremy, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like there was a very distinct but subliminal push that, okay, Marvel's over here, and that's your popcorn, but this movie is like in auteur made this movie. I think um, there's a lot of... Um... The, the, the auteur label probably gets applied to... Uh... Snyder more here here's one of my preference prefaces which I'll say <laughs> because and I'm gonna unpack this as uh, succinctly as possible I'm not um, a Zack Snyder fan nor am mm. I somebody who's against Zack Snyder I yeah. have never really I've never seen 300 I've never seen any of the I never saw Dawn of the Dead uh, I saw Watchmen once didn't care whatsoever so like, I'm not a guy who's like all about Zack Snyder. I saw Man of Steel and I was like, okay. Like, I, I also don't have um, a major attachment to Superman. I'm, you know, yeah. I'm obviously familiar with Superman, but I don't have like, I'm not like, oh, it's all about Christopher Reeve or, you know, like I'm not a like go sure. Brandon Routh or, you know, yeah. I don't think anybody's <laughs> ringing Dean Cain's bell. 
But <laughs> um, so yeah, like I I had no attachment to Superman either. I was in it for the Batman, and yeah, yeah, that's you know, there are four constants in my life that will never go diamond absolutes, if you will, as uh, Bruce Wayne would say in this movie. <laughs> Things that will never go away in my life. There's the Muppets. There's Weird Al. There's Lego. And there's Batman, and it's like nice. I don't care what you, I don't care what you're trying to sell me. Batman's involved. All right, I'm there. I'm I'm yeah. for it. You know, I'm going yeah. to do everything that I can to enjoy it. I'm going to go out of my way to enjoy it, which is what I have to do with this movie: is go out of my yeah. way, yeah. sure, <laughs> to find a way to make it work. And that's really what I want to say before we get into anything: is that I am not here to change anyone's opinion of this movie. <laughs> if you think this is a good movie. You're right. If you think this is a terrible movie, you're right. Like they're both <laughs> completely valid. I am only here um, to, uh, um, you know, uh, support the underdog and provide mm -hmm. a take that I think could make this work. Okay. But okay. you know, as far as the auteurism, you know, I, I do know that like a lot of people love the Zack Snyder visual style, and you know, he's certainly a man. Um, who seems to treat it more as an art form as opposed to, you know, uh, you know, just a craft or, you know, like mm -hmm. Marvel does there, you know, James Gunn, maybe aside, it doesn't feel like there's anything in Marvel that feels particularly artsy. Yeah. And yeah. This does feel like, you know, successful or not, they're trying to paint a grander picture here. Definitely. Than, you know, than anything that Marvel is doing, even in their biggest, you know, Endgame is not as grand as any as even this movie makes itself seem, you know? Yeah. Sure. No, yeah. yeah, definitely. So all of that packaged into this preface, I felt like when I went, well, no, I know when I went, saw it, I was out on Marvel and. Uh, Captain America was going to come out in May, I believe. And this movie's coming out in March. And I just go, this movie looks cool. And I go, this this is the series that's going to like do superheroes right. Of course, I will say it again. Little did I know I would rewatch the Marvel stuff and then just love it so much. And now you read several Marvel comics a day. I do. Usually three or four amazing Spider-Mans every day. And yeah. Then, yeah. But... um. So having said that, I went to the theater. I went by myself. It was totally packed. I went after I got off work at the Rogue Air Trampoline Park. <laughs> and I was just like, I'm excited. I'm going on a date by myself. And, you know, there's the movie had come out. It had this historic box office drop, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, and the critics were like, this is terrible. But then there were fans that were saying, this is like the best. So I said, I'm just going to go and watch it for myself. I sit down, I watch it, and the whole movie, I'm pretty much tracking. Things are confusing, definitely. But, you know, I'm trusting the movie. You know, like, if this movie came out today, I don't think I would trust it as much as I trusted it back then. Right. But I'm trusting it, and I'm like, yeah, this is kind of cool, until the third act of the movie, and then it just totally lost me. Um, and I don't mean I couldn't follow it. I mean, I like, I, I just totally lost interest in the movie. And I was kind of like... Oh, I enjoyed about 60% of that. And then the more I thought about it, the more I convinced myself that it was really, really bad. Yeah. And that led up to us watching it last night. Well, the I remember cut. when this came out, 
you know, I didn't see it, but I heard a lot from a lot of people, you included, saying it's really good until the end and it ruins everything. That's how I felt. And I still kind of think that because I think the movie is gearing up and I'm digging the motives of Superman and Batman, but all of the doomsday stuff and literally everything Lex Luthor is bad. Um, but we're going to get into that specifically. I did, I was logging this movie on Letterboxd and I said, I think Jesse Eisenberg, I, I would put in the top five, if not the number one most miscast slash worst performance in a comic book movie. And I know that's a huge statement, but I do mean it. <laughs> I think he's no, so bad. You're, I mean, you're not wrong. Like this is, <laughs> this is a big performance, and he's going for something that does not belong in this movie at all. And yeah, you're absolutely right. It completely miscast. And again, I have no attachment to Lex Luthor. You know, I'm yeah, not one of these either. guys who's like Brian Cranston's. You know, a, a bald man of age, and therefore he should play Lex Luthor because you know, like. That's what everybody was saying at the time. And then all of a sudden they're like, Jesse Eisenberg. And we're like, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's well, what a lot of this was, was just like the, the viewing of this movie and like the release and even the marketing <laughs> of this movie. You're just like, huh? Yeah. Like you want to give it all away in the, in the first trailer? Like everything. <laughs> like, okay. Okay. <laughs> really, there must be surprises in this movie, right? No. Okay. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's just bizarre. I remember too that so when this movie came out, all of a sudden, you know, Superman dies. And then pretty soon after, they just released the cast for Justice no, League. While this was oh, in while theaters. While this was in theaters, they released and Henry Cavill is listed in the cast. No, not just that. They released posters of that's, that's the right. Justice League with Superman front and center. Yeah. And we all know that he is not going to be dead forever. But there's no element of suspense. But yeah, there was there was not even like we're going to pretend or or we're going to like make it a fun twist in the next movie. It was like, no, you will go see Justice League and you will know going into it that one of the major plot points will be bringing Superman back. Yeah. And I Whew. I think that knowing what we kind of know about Zack Snyder, especially with the Snyder cut, it seems almost to me like this was you know, like it has never been reported as such, but it seems like almost this was intended to be two movies in and of itself. Like this yeah. whole, like, it does feel like that. There are two yeah. completely different things going on here with the Batman versus Superman. And then this doomsday stuff. Yeah. And you're, you're rushing to do both of them in the same, like, you know, on, uh, I've just been watching all of the star Wars movies again, because of a, our Patreon show, yeah. not, to, not to try and plug that too much, but, so like I, got to... I, I hear it has a great intro music. <laughs> it's true. One <laughs> written by somebody you guys both both might really like. <laughs> um, yes, and thank you for that, by the way, Michael. I love hearing it. <laughs> oh, it was so fun. Um, but yeah, watching Revenge of the Sith, it's the same thing where it's just like, oh man, we're racing to get to something that like yeah should have been like and and that's the other thing too is the fact that this was all mapped out for five movies, and it's like. Uh, some of it is is confusing and some of it's like great that's that's great elements but there's a lot going on a lot going yeah on. <laughs> well because it almost feels like this movie like movie one is batman v superman movie movie two is dawn of justice where you have wonder woman come in and then they fight doomsday yeah. and lex luther um 
But I mean, I I really really dislike the whole doomsday storyline. But that's jumping ahead of the curve. So if we have our prefaces out of the way, I think I'll talk a little bit about the making of the movie. Okay. Well, the I, I think the the last thing I want to do is I want to yes. uh, get um if I can because obviously I haven't had a chance to hear the episode yet. Can you guys give me a quick brief rundown of your Man of Steel uh, opinions? Yeah. Because that uh, kind of frames a lot of my take yeah. on this. As it stands now, it, when you hear the episode, you'll hear about what we originally thought when we first saw it. But as it stands now, I think it's like kind of good. I really like all of the stuff on Kryptonite, but or, or Krypton. Um, but my my problem with the movie is that and my problem with this series actually is like we never have a movie where Superman is like a legit moral good guy. He's always gray, and I know that's their take. Um, and I'm not even a big Superman guy either. But it's just like you're taking what he represents, and you're not e- you're not even like doing that part of his story. So like when he kills Zod at the end, when I first saw it, I was like, "This is so cool! They're doing this in a comic book movie." Now I watch it, and I'm like, "So Superman just kills people if he has to? Like that? That's like Spider Man murdering someone. Y- you can't do that." So yep. that's how I feel about that movie. It's like a solid five out of ten. Okay. Yeah, I I think for me it's just like such an okay movie to the point where I just it's pretty forgettable because I just I just think you can lump it in with a lot of like Phase Two Marvel movies. It's just like are really okay and fine. And I feel like for that movie, I feel like it was way too long. The Lois Lane stuff sucked so bad, and. <laughs> They, there just wasn't, a, there was just such big chunks of time of like, I'm watching a superhero movie. Can we have some action, please? Of course, you get the big fight at the end. You're always going to get the big fight at the end. Right. But this just, it was just like so okay. That being said, I also like know nothing about Superman other than Kryptonite's bad. Okay. That's yeah. that's for me and Superman. <laughs> okay. Great. That puts and what's, me in a what's good your position. Little... What's um, your little paragraph about it? I think I think I will get into that when I when I. F- present to you my take the only thing i'll say as we get into this is that you referred to this as a batman movie but i would say that you need to frame this as a sequel to man of steel okay sure that will help solve a lot of the problems first of all in terms of just accepting a lot of the batman stuff but i think that going forward when we get to my take that that's uh that's kind of where i am with it and and we'll get to that yeah i'll let you do your thing like you you guys do well and and now I have to point this out. <laughs> um, I know this is just this is preface the episode. This you is, know, like. I, I can already tell this is a great episode of ours because we're really getting into it. Um, I will say that one of the ultimate cut things, and I looked up the differences before because it had been so long since I saw the theatrical. Yeah, um, I remember walking out of the movie and being like, man and I'm using this in a sarcastic way, like, I wish Superman was in this movie where his name is in the title. Because I remember him just not really being in the movie that much. And when I watched it last night, I was I didn't notice that at all. And then I realized that they added quite a few scenes in this in the oh, ultimate cut okay. that have him, you know, like, going to Gotham and investigating stuff. And then even just extra shots that were like, oh, yeah, Superman's here. So I mean, maybe that's another reason why I, in my head, it's like, oh, this is a Batman movie and Superman's in it, because I don't remember it having that much Superman. They just talk about him a lot. Is how the theatrical felt. Yeah, 
And you and it certainly does feel like Zack Snyder has uh, more love for Batman is. Yeah. For what Batman is given in this movie to do, you know, like. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm with you there. I can see how that mistake could be made or how one could make that interpretation. But like, <laughs> yeah, you know, I think everybody seems to forget like this is the sequel to Man of Steel. And it, for all intents and purposes, yeah. it is Man of Steel 2 colon Batman versus Superman colon Dawn of Justice. Yeah. Colon and, uh, the ultimate cut. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you almost wonder if the movie would have... I, this is crazy to say, but you almost wonder if it had a better title, if people would have liked the movie a little more. The title I mean, of this movie is so bad. You lose credibility instantly with this title. Like, you really <laughs> do. Like, it's, oof. Like, okay, Batman that's Batman V Superman? Yeah. Not versus, which no. we'll talk about how he fought for that. Um, right. Oh, wow. So the movie's directed by Zack Snyder. We know this. It's written by David S. Goyer and Chris Terrio. We talked to, we've been talking about Goyer a lot because mm-hmm. of Dark Knight. But Chris Terrio, and you might notice an interesting pattern with his filmography. He's got Argo. Okay. That's a, it, from what I remember, a well-written movie. He has Rise of Skywalker. From what I remember of a movie I enjoy a lot, but a very poorly written movie. Yeah. He has Justice League. A movie that has two different versions, both of which very poorly written. <laughs> so Chris Terrio. So you're saying not a very good writer? Maybe he's not my cup of tea. Okay. Or maybe he needs to stick to nonfiction. Maybe that's the... Yeah. <laughs> um, we have the music by Hans Zimmer and Junkie XL. We've talked about Junkie XL. He did Mad Max Fury Road. Yes. Um, I think we'll get into the score a little bit as we go. I very... Uh, yeah. Um, Larry Fong did the cinematography, and he's done the cinematography for 300, Watchmen, Sucker Punch, Kong Skull Island, Super 8, amongst others. Okay, cool. And I will say, even last night, we were watching it, and I go, this movie is beautiful. I love how it looks. It's great. Uh, movie comes out March 25th, 2016. It has a budget of $263 million. Domestically, it makes $330 million, and worldwide, it makes $872 million. Now, So what is this drop-off thing you spoke of? Yes, so um, this had... So oh, both yeah. inside and <laughs> yeah, both inside and outside... I remember this opening weekend. <laughs> yeah, of the U.S., Batman v Superman experienced a notable, a notable poor Friday to Sunday... And it set a new record for the worst Friday to Sunday drop for a superhero movie in modern cinema with a 58% decline. Whoa. So just from Friday to Sunday. Um, and that was previously... Word travels fast. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, and that was yeah. previously <laughs> held by uh, 2015's Fantastic Four. Okay. Which, I mean, we can say that's a much worse movie than this movie. Yeah. Fantastic? Um, Fantastic, yes, yes. <laughs> Um, and then this has a 68.4% decline in its second weekend, and that's one of the biggest drops ever. That is an embarrassing, like, I'm not <laughs> even a big box office guy, but I mean, like, I heard those numbers and I was like, I felt bad for the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I was in pain. And ultimately, Warner Brothers counted this, they chalked it up as a loss, even though it gets close to 900 million. Yeah. Like, a movie like this, you do kind of need it to make a billion dollars. Yeah. For it a to movie, be a hit. A movie called 
even a movie with Batman and Superman in the yeah. title should make a billion and a half. Like, <laughs> it really uh-huh. should. Yeah, it, it really should. One point five billion dollars, like globally. Well, and I think Civil War, which again, it can't be stressed enough. Iron Man until those that series was a B-rate Marvel character, mm-hmm. and that movie made like one point four, one point five billion dollars. Yeah. One billion one hundred fifty-one million nine hundred eighteen thousand five hundred twenty-one dollars. So, so here, so it's a this movie technically bombed in that way. Yes, and it, what's just interesting is when Star Wars, like when Solo, technically bombed as well. Yeah, like Disney rethought things. Yes, and like took stuff back. How come Warner Brothers didn't do the same thing? Is it because too much was in development? Well, I think in a way you're sort of. I would I would uh, argue against that actually. Okay. Because this movie comes out and it's so dour. One of the complaints at the time was like, "This is a really dour movie." Yeah. Where people are just brooding all the time. Yeah. And so what happens? They cut a new trailer for Suicide Squad that makes it look like this is going to be the most fun you've oh, had I in theaters. That. Yeah. They do it. They then have the editors of the trailer make the movie, and it doesn't make any sense oh, at all. That's right. That's right. And then this they is just the say, franchise. they just say, Patty Jenkins, just do whatever you want for Wonder Woman. Uh huh. Right. And it's a huge success. Right. And then they go, hey, James Wan, do whatever you want for Aquaman. And it's a huge success. They say the same thing with Shazam. Yeah. And the only one that messes up since then really is uh, Justice League, which uh, has all hosts of problems. Yeah. 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 yeah <laughs> definitely. <laughs> That's interesting. But yeah, so um, one of the common um, kind of thematic readings on this movie is that it is about 9-11, which having read that thematic, uh, seeing that people think that about the movie and watching it, that was pretty interesting because you have like this city being destroyed and then you have this people saying there are aliens, aka people from other countries coming into our country we have to exterminate them. We have to get them out of here. Oh, okay. I thought that was sort of interesting. Okay, so in 2006, David Goyer was quoted as saying, he said this, exactly. In 2006? (laughs) In 2006, when they're working on Batman, the Dark Knight, I think, would be... No, Batman Begins. They'd be working on Batman Begins. Batman Begins would have been out, and like, yeah, it would have been, because Batman Begins was 05. Oh, right, right. Yes, uh, okay, yeah, that's right. So they would have been working on Dark Knight at that time. Okay. So during that time, you know, in an interview or something, he says, quote, Batman vs. Superman, a, a Batman vs. Superman film is where you go when you admit to yourself that you've exhausted all possibilities. <laughs> An admission that this franchise is on its last gasp. And he's uh, one of the writers to this movie. <laughs> Has he written any other movies in this franchise? Um, no. I think he's one of the writers on Justice League. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Look, David Goyer gets too much work off of he does. like old good work that he did. This is that David Goyer is a good example of how like credibility in Hollywood for one thing will go a long way. You know, yeah. like cuz yeah, the, I think he's had more stinks than he's had success. Right, and we're happy to smell the stinks if we get the the big success that is the Dark Knight trilogy, but uh, maybe we cool it on the stink for a little bit. Sure. I'm for that. And then I'm almost done here, but um, Affleck was originally hesitant because of his experience playing Daredevil and ha- that movie doing bet- poorly. 
Um, and it was a huge backlash when he was cast. Um, yeah. And people were, you know, of course, the standard when anyone's cast for Batman, sending Warner Brothers death threats and all that jazz. Yeah. Um, the, the classic thing that our society has a tendency to do for some reason. Um, and then after this movie, Hans did a little interview and he said, I'm not going to do superhero movies again. I don't have anything else to say. And then last year, he came out with Wonder Woman 1984. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and finally, they did consider having a 70 millimeter release of the film, which is another way of me kind of bringing up that they were trying to position this as an auteurist thing as opposed to a superhero film. You know? Yeah. And those are my notes on the Dawn of Justice. I'm going to drink some water. Okay. Well, okay. So to go through actors, so we have not covered Ben Affleck before. No. Okay. Well, he plays Batman, everyone. Uh, he's, <laughs> you know, good while hunting the town, Argo. I think, I mean, Argo would be his latest, greatest success probably before this movie, right? Um. Gone well, Girl? Did the, when did, did Gone Girl come oh, out Oh, Gone Girl's 14. But yeah. I mean, I think we're all forgetting The Way Back. That came out last year. <laughs> that movie, I remember, oh, the movie did so Guys, terribly. no movies came out last year. If, if you, <laughs> a movie came out last year, it, it happened in your mind. Yeah. <laughs> that is how it feels, for yeah, certain. It, it genuinely does. Uh, yeah. So then um, we also have Jeremy Irons, who plays Alfred. Um, he is in the the most the Watchmen TV show, um, and I thought he was really good in that. He's Scar uh, too. Oh yeah, Lion that's right. King. He's Scar. That's right. He's in Dead Ringers, the Assassin Assassin's Creed movie, um, uh, Better Start Running, Red Sparrow. That's a couple highlights of his. Have, I, have you guys watched the uh, the Die Hard series uh, uh, on this on your show not, yet? Not yet. No. Have you Have you ever seen Die Hard with a Vengeance? I don't think one I've with, seen yes. that one. You have? I, so I don't remember. remember yeah, it's the one with it, Samuel L. Jackson and Jeremy Irons is the villain. And for me, for my money, Jeremy Irons is doing the best version of the Riddler that you've ever seen on film <laughs> in okay. Die Hard okay. with a Vengeance. Very cool. Okay. <laughs> is I he like movie. on the phone? Is he no, the phone booth guy? He, he sets up like these intricate puzzles throughout the city that John McClane like has to solve. And I'm like, I was watching it like just on a whim at my dad's one time, like a couple of years ago or a few years back. And I was just like, man, this is like the Riddler. Like yeah. everything that he's doing is like the Riddler. And I was like, this is my favorite Riddler performance. I mean, a big, <laughs> big Jim Carrey fan, but this is my favorite Riddler performance. That's I don't care. Awesome. that it's a, Yeah. So that if you ever so watch cool. that series, keep that in mind. He's it's just, it's a Batman movie where Batman has got no costume and the Riddler wears a blue tank top. If I remember correctly. I love we, that. We do need to do that series sometime. It's, it's yes, so we do, strange. We do. Yeah, we will. That is. It really is. And we also have Gal Gadot, who plays Wonder Woman, of course. Um, so not just being that. What else has she actually been in? I have. This is the only thing I've Some ever Fast seen her in. Fast and Furious. She is? Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's yeah she... In a few of those. I've never seen any of those. I just know that she's from that, and that's all I she's... know she's from. I've seen one. I mean, just like a ton of action stuff. Triple nine, Ralph criminal. breaks the internet. <laughs> is she yeah. in that? Yeah, she plays uh, uh, Shank. Oh, cool. Uh, she's in Night and Day and Date Night, so I have seen her in other stuff. I just don't remember her. Um, and then uh, have we done Holly Hunter before? 
Yeah. Well, oh, that was on Patreon. So no, we haven't. So, oh, that's right. We covered Incredibles. Okay. So Holly Hunter <laughs> is in, uh, she's in Succession and she's awesome. Oh, man. Uh, she's also in The Big Sick and she's awesome. Oh, man. She's good. She's in other things such as The Incredibles. Uh, the Incredibles. Incredibles too. If you've listened to it on Patreon, let's just stop there. She's so good. And then we J- got to talk about Jesse Eisenberg, Mr. Facebook himself. Yes. So for those who somehow don't know, you know, he's in the social network, Zombieland, Squid and the Whale, The Double. Now you see me. Now you, now see, you see me, me too. too. Yep. So. Oh, oh, and he is in The Art of Self-Defense, which is came out a couple of years ago, and that's a great movie. And people, a lot of people haven't seen that. So I'd encourage people, if you want a very odd, independent movie to watch, that's good. a good one. Very good. It's very weird. Okay. But uh, the kind of weird we like over here at the MPU. Let's kick this off and talk about Jesse Eisenberg. Okay. I mean, how do we even begin to talk about this performance? Um... Drugs. I think you need a little bit of drugs to kind of like really get into it because it's insane. Like this is insane. Who would make these choices for a movie that takes itself so seriously? It it makes no sense. What, this what, is a man you do not want to pick a fight with. <laughs> no, that's this, not this bad. Performance feels like he you know he's obviously trying way too hard to do something new, and everyone on set, including Zack Snyder, is like, "This has to be good. It's so weird." And they all, yeah, they all I do went like with that it. thought, yeah. And I don't know what Jesse Eisenberg is like to work with in general, but it's like almost like I could see a world where he may be a difficult person. And they're just like, oh, we're we're done giving him tips. We just let Jesse go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but le- but let him bury himself is not a good philosophy for a director <laughs> to no. tell. No. no. <laughs> well, I- I'm pretty shocked that he has been in um the like they they plan to use him still because yeah. the, this universe is in such disarray and they're kind of like every time a movie comes out in this universe it feels like they're kind of soft rebooting anything that was yep. in these first 3 films mm-hmm. and so to me it makes sense for them to be like just recast him cuz he's so bad although maybe contractually they can't no, yeah, you can you can get out of like they can look if if they did not have to cast uh, uh, Billy D. Williams in Batman Forever, you can get out of contracts. That's you know? true. <laughs> That's true. That still yeah. sucks. That would have been cool to see him in that. I don't know if it would have been cool in 1995. It may have been well, cool like right on the heels of '89. Uh, I don't know. I, I just don't, I don't know what what uh, where Billy D. Williams was in 1995. Yeah. He was completely off my radar. I just feel bad that he he signed up to do Batman so that he could be Two Face one day, and he never got to do it. That's just sad. It'll be a fine idea to play that Two Face. <laughs> sure, one day I'd love to play Harvey Dent again. <laughs> Pretty good. I, I to, yeah, sometimes I have to do that just to. <laughs> talking about Jesse Eisenberg, like let me yeah. clear my own palate. Well, and and you said something, Jordan, that really stuck with me. He every time he's on screen, he monologues, and he's monologuing said, okay. about. No, you didn't say this part. Okay. But he <laughs> says um, he talks about philosophy, a lot of uh, like God talk. Yeah. And you said um, when he's on the top of the LexCorp Tower at the end, you said none of his none of the things he says make any sense. No. <laughs> and I started thinking back, and I was like, Yeah, you're right. <laughs> and they're not 
making this that. This is like a college kid who just got out of college and like wants to show that they took a philosophy class. That's that's a great way. But I, I had a similar take on on the way that a lot of the dialogue <laughs> is written, which is like it's cool dialogue written by somebody who's not that cool. Uh huh. Funny dialogue by somebody who doesn't know how to make a joke. It's like <laughs> it, there's some disconnect and something feels so uh, disingenuous about a lot of the dialogue as it's written on the page. It just feels like this doesn't feel like there's any truth to this, you know, yeah, like yeah. and there's not. No, it makes it not even making it like he's so crazy. He says crazy things. It's like, no, I, he's supposed to be profound, I guess. It's like he watched Fight Club for a... the first time <laughs> yeah, and yeah. is really inspired by it, but totally missed all of it. <laughs> I mean, that's the take. We can pack up the episode now. <laughs> now, this is not part of my take, but one could actually even look at this movie and say, that that's almost the point of his character is like, he's yeah. so like, he is exactly what you were describing is like that, that young guy who thinks he's a lot further advanced than he really is because his dad, like, you know, named the company after him and now he's in charge of it. But really he doesn't know Jack about anything. And yeah. he's just yeah. like, you know, putting on airs. And so, yeah, I like that. I, I do like how the first time we're introduced to him, he's shooting hoops, which. Oh, well he's cool. Micah <laughs> shooting hoops in a sports blazer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just with some, his some really of the bad wig. Yeah, some of the decisions in this film are just like they're so bewildering beyond. And, and any any listener will know that we try not to get we we try not to get stuck on like silly things, you know. But this movie like kind of demands for you to make fun of it in a lot of ways because <laughs> people yeah. just do things that defy any sort of logic, and you're like, okay, I guess I'm gonna leave the theater and talk about Grammy's peach tea for a while. Well, it's just, it's like, he. so I, you, I asked you, like, this feels like a character that's usually older, and you said he is, like, in the comic books. So it's like, okay, we want to cast down. Like, we want him to mm -hmm. be younger. Okay, fine, that's fine. But it's like, he's going to be a cool tech startup guy. And it's like, I, is that supposed to be relatable? Is that supposed to be interesting? Because, like, we're all saying it's just not well written. Yeah. And I, it's just none of it, none of it's good, and his acting choices are just like... Oh, he's so bad. It's not even like, I, I feel like he's trying really hard not to be Jesse Eisenberg, which is kind of when he's best in yeah. his roles, well, some, that he loses himself. The thing that actors need to remember, uh, coming from a guy who is not an actor, is <laughs> that uh, not everyone is Daniel Day-Lewis, and some people have their shtick, and they just have to use that shtick whenever they're in a movie. And he's one of those people. And he's he's done really cool. And he's done stuff, stuff that is really different, but it all it has to be like a Jesse Eisenberg type of role. It can't just be like Yeah. You're I gonna think, not be you. Yeah, I agree with that too. I think I think, you know, there are actors who can completely disappear and that is their shtick. And then there are actors who is like, no, I bring a very specific ingredient to this movie and that's the entree that everybody is coming for. You know, it's like yeah. there's a that you know, like other actors can, you know take leftovers and turn it into something and somebody's like no you're getting a burger and it's going to be a damn good burger but mm -hmm. it's just a burger you know yep. yeah yep it's like you're not going to hire like f for this time in his career you're not going to hire tom cruise to do like a dramatic historical drama at a time in his career yes but right now he's an action guy that's why you hire him yeah or he because hires he you run. really he can run and because that's what we want to see, see. He can and frankly needs to run. 
Yeah. I mean, it's just, <laughs> I think that Tom Cruise has whatever they put in the bus in speed. Somebody put that in Tom Cruise and he just has to keep at a certain speed <laughs> his entire life. Or if he goes below, if a certain heart rate, he blows up. He's yep. he's like uh, that episode of Futurama where Bender has that bomb in him where if he does, if he stops dancing, he'll explode and die. That's Ex- Tom Cruise. Yeah. He, he is Bender from Futurama. We nailed it. I guess that's the same as the speed analogy. I just kind of stole it because we've been rewatching Futurama. It's all good. It's more <laughs> relatable to not everybody is familiar with speed. <laughs> <you know? laughs> so the, the movie, not the not the uh, the drug. Yeah, everybody's right, right, familiar right. with the everybody's drug. familiar with that. <laughs> so, do you want to set up your take, or should we just start going through the movie? Let's go through the movie, and then I will go. I will. S- summarize a way that to, to make it work for Great. <laughs> potentially anybody okay and potentially cool. nobody at the same time so the movie begins and we have a we're seeing the ground level destruction of metropolis from the man of steel in sequence oh right okay yeah all of this i walk into the theater i see this and i go yeah baby this is cool, especially at this time. Like, I mean, I guess Civil War sort of addresses these issues. Um, but, like, you had all these movies where superheroes were destroying stuff, and none of the movies were addressing the fact that, like, billions of people are probably dying. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, this is really interesting. And right away, Bruce Wayne is, is driving through the city, um, and he's, you know, he's telling people to get out of his building. I don't know why they haven't evacuated yet, but... There and and that crazy alien machine is going off, and we're just seeing it from a different angle. And I guess, like you said, this feels like oh, this is a sequel to Man of Steel. Yeah. Like you, yeah. if you miss that movie, you're missing out. Yeah, and, and I thought I I loved the, the the this device too. Like I thought that it would have been a great idea if you were going to launch all sorts of you know a whole uh, Justice League franchise from this to use that as the branch point to where like you see yeah. it from Batman's perspective, you see it from Wonder Woman's perspective oh, yeah. and in their movies. And it's just like, how did it bring all of them together? The arrival of Superman. Like th- I thought that would have been a great way yeah. to, instead of culminate in one movie to use one movie to branch out from there, like would have been the inverse. Oh, of that's, Marvel. I like that a lot. And it didn't happen, you know? No, that's, it didn't. That is brilliant right there. So, yeah, like the all the buildings are falling over and he's trying to save people and stuff. And then right away, you know, it's like, okay, this is intense. Batman v Superman, we're in it. I'm hooked at this point. I'm like, even rewatching it, I'm going, okay, maybe I need to throw out everything I've thought about this movie. Maybe it's going to stick the landing this time because this is cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, then we see that they're like recovering kryptonite in somewhere in Africa. So wait, is this? But we, when does Martha and Thomas Wayne die again? Oh, actually, I, like, yeah, that's like the very first thing is like, let's get that origin story out of the way again. Yes. Yeah, and he uses that as kind of like like the title sequence, which is shot beautifully. The 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 Bruce being lifted by the bats, I think, is that really was cool. cool. I liked that. All of this is cool. I am tired of Martha and uh, Thomas getting shot. I, I just. Uh, it better but not be least, in this movie that's coming out next year. We don't need yeah, to see it. Yeah, but at least I guess what this movie has going for is they're doing it during the title sequence. So it is yeah. like, we're just, we're getting through it. We all know it is in super slow motion, but it's here. 
Yeah. And, and, you know, as, as much as we've all seen this, it does serve a function in this it movie. Does. And also it does. like the other thing that we all kind of have to do and nobody does this. And even I am guilty of this too, is like, you kind of have to divorce yourself from everything that you've mm -hmm. seen about Batman before you True. enter into a new Batman movie, you know? So it's like, you know, I, there's elements that I love about Michael Keaton's Batman. There's elements that I love about uh, the dark Knight trilogy. And then there's elements that I love about Batfleck and like, but none of them have like, I've never seen my perfect Batman movie, you know? So it's like, I still yeah. have to like, every time it's just like, all right, we're going to do something new. Let me recalibrate and start at yeah. zero and see where we're going from here. And so, yeah, like it's functional in the story, but also like, you know, that we do kind of have to, I don't know, we don't have to do an origin story every time, but if you're going to like, at least they do it really quickly. True. Yeah. Well, and I did think it was a smart way to do it. I think I'm also speaking from post 2019 where even a Joker movie had them get killed. And yeah, I was like, like, oh my gosh, why is this in this movie? You know, it's. Why is this I'm, movie a movie? Well, that's also something that <laughs> yeah. we agree with. And yeah. Ugh. Um, don't get me started on that one again. No, I know. I, I, I admittedly, I was doing that a little bit on purpose because I've heard you say you don't want to talk about it. <laughs> well, I didn't say it for this series. Oh, you meant specifically. I said Dark Knight. The Nolan when we stuff. talked about the Dark Knight, I was not going to talk about that movie. But here's something I will say. Um, okay. Because I have, I have given a lot of flack to the Snyder verse, as as it's now being called, and these first couple movies and justice league and stuff having said all the things about snyder i do think that even though he's making comic book movies that i don't particularly like or love they they don't like the joker movie said hey you're a comic book fan which means you're a nerd and you're stupid and i don't like you because you like these characters this movie doesn't say that it's not the characters the way I want them to be portrayed. It's not the story that really makes any sense. But it is still, you can tell that the person making it still likes this stuff. Yeah. They're, they're not trying to make it to prove to you that you're stupid for liking comic books. Right. Because that's how Todd Phillips is. And no one could convince me otherwise. So now we go to the Africa scene. Okay. Now... A huge complaint from people when they left the movies was none of the Africa th thing made any sense. When you watch the extended cut, they add a lot, yeah. and it makes sense. <laughs> it's like they went out of their way to make this make sense based on the complaints, it seems, because like there's a yeah. lot more in this than there are in any other chunks, it feels like. Because in, in the theatrical, it's like, you know, all this stuff happens where Lois Lane goes out to this like gang leader or something um w w like war leader guy i don't know there's a civil war going on that's right that's right and then like all these people get shot and then superman flies away and then they say that they're framing him and you're kind of like what are you talking oh, that's about it? and then it, yeah yeah <laughs> and then in this version you see that they burn these bodies so it looks like they were like heat lasered and they did uh -huh. all this extra stuff. And then there's the addition of this character from um, Nairobi who is going to go to the Senate to talk about why they need to get rid of Superman because her family was affected. And I, I don't think she was even in the other movie. Am I right not, in that? Not, not that I know of, no. And she's like, I think, a really good addition to this movie. I, I think it like sells. But she's kind of like the MacGuffin. She's just like 
keeps moving that plot along. Yeah. Um, it took me. It was pretty convoluted because I got to a point where I was like, "Why is she in this?" They do explain it, but yeah, a lot of this movie is like you're. You feel like you're stringing me along, and then you explain whatever this thing is, and it's like, okay, <laughs> yeah, that took a really long time. Is how it felt, and I know we watched the extended. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and I will say. Uh, uh, the extended, I didn't, I didn't actually feel the length the way I thought I was going to. Nice. Yeah. I, I felt like it actually clipped along pretty nicely. I mean, we did take a break. We we paused it after an hour and took a walk. But after that, I mean, we watched the rest of the two hours and it was like no problem. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so there's there's all that stuff, and then um, we have we have just like Clark Kent and Lois, you know hanging out in a bathtub, got some nice... Henry Cavill has gained, I don't know, 2,000 pounds since Man of Steel. Yeah, he's much bigger. He could beat himself up from the previous three years ago. Yeah. Um, And so... It's all that arm reloading that he's been doing, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so we have all of that, and we're, we're getting introduced to our characters again. We're seeing the Daily Planet, and they, of course, think that Superman killed those people. And obvious, so a big thing for Lois in this movie is her basically trying to change that narrative for everyone that he's he's not a threat, right? Yeah, because that's like the, she's she has the bullet f- that she got from Africa, getting it tested. Basically, this bullet is gonna, I guess, prove that this was all a setup. Yeah, for Superman, because we'll find out that Lex Luthor put the insurgents there so that they could frame Superman, which would lead to a long chain of events. If one link in that chain was messed up, then it was going to ruin his whole plan, which is sort of like the funny thing about this movie. And it it is a comic booky thing. Like master, master planners always have every detail accounted for, but, but it is a little like, wait, what? Each time a new detail is set up and stuff. Yep. But um, we find out that Batman tortures people pretty brutally. Yeah, he brands them. <laughs> That's a new take on Batman. <laughs> and everyone in Gotham, even civilians, are scared of him, is what it seems like. Yeah. And it, it does work for the narrative of this movie um, to think about how, like, just two movies later, he's the leader of the Justice League. Kind of hurts my brain a little bit to think that, like... <laughs> This is the same guy that at the end of this movie goes in and pretty much tells Lex Luthor he wa- he's wants to and will maybe kill him and almost brands him. Yeah. And then it's like a little bit later he's like, "Let's put I'm putting together a team. Let's do this." Yeah. <laughs> we got to do good in the world. Even though I'm so, doing terrible things. <laughs> yeah, so what do you think of this version of Batman that's I was just super ruthless, the same thing. will murder any henchman that comes in his <laughs> yeah, way, Batman? a lot of death. Um, how much do I want to get into it now? Um, I don't mind, I, I don't mind the branding. I okay. don't, I don't um, mind the intensity of uh, Batman. Um, you know, a lot of people in this movie like complain, like he's just flat out killing people. And I'm like, I I watch it and there's like only, I think two times where I think that that argument could be made and everything else. I kind of chalk up to the, Hey, 
you know, I didn't do this. You're the one, like, I don't have to save you kind of a mentality, but okay. you know, I'm not going to kill you, yeah. but I don't have to save you mentality. Uh, like later on in the warehouse fight, like uh -huh. he didn't pull the pin on that grenade. That's the way I look at it. And that's kind of the way yeah. my dad always justified Batman for me. I was like, well, if Batman's a good guy, how come he goes out and he, you know, he's not with the cops. That was always a question I had as a kid. And he's just like, Batman goes out and does the things that the cops can't do. Uh -huh. And, you know, he does. I forget where I'm even going with this point that I'm trying to make right now. Um, but no, like I, I just don't mind it because part of me is like, I, I, I think about the, the mentality of the, where this character is supposed to be. And that's mm -hmm. something I'll, I'll get into that a little bit later on when, when I give you my take. So like, got it overall, I don't mind it. Okay. I, I, I've, and, and, and oh, and that's the point I was going to make as far as like Batman killing people. Like, well, you know what? In 1992, he let a bomb go off and just, you know, some clown blew up and, and mm -hmm. he just smiled at him. So it's that like Batman true. has killed in many movies. Let's not yeah. start mm -hmm. like picking this one apart because, you know, it's easy to do, you know? Like, yeah. That, I don't know. I think, well, I think a big thing for, for people feeling that way is the Christopher Nolan stuff because they really did hammer in like, well, the, you I know. have one rule. Yeah, well, that's, that's one, one rule you're going to have to break. It. You and know, because like... it was such a huge success, it ruined most superhero movies today because we're all trying to copy it. Kind of like with those ideals, too, of like, well, he can't do that, though. And it's like, well, he, Zack Snyder could have him do it. Right. It is. It to. is. We can't think that this is Nolan's Batman. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the thing that happens with Nolan's Batman is like, I literally laughed in the theater when I'm watching Dark Knight Rises and he's having a fight with Catwoman on his side and then he literally takes a moment to be like, no guns, no. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come the hell on, man. Are you kidding me? Like, you're in the middle of a battle here. Like, don't give me that crap. Like, I yeah. don't know. Yeah. That, that's, that to me was just like, you have to go out of your way in certain, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Christopher Nolan's trilogy. And in this one, it's like, nah, like he does some bad things because Batman would. Yeah. I'll get right. into that more later. Yeah. But, just listen, Hollywood. Just don't don't make a dark, gritty Spider-Man. Just for me, please. I, I don't. It can be a dark, gritty story, but I don't want a yeah. Spider-Man killing people. As far as Spider-Man goes, turn off the dark. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm glad. I, I saw there was a you, there was a pause got, there, and I'm like, oh no, they're not going to get it. Oh, they got oh, it. We know. No, no, we know. We know. Uh, for those who don't know, there was an attempted Broadway. Well, I guess they did make it a Broadway play. Spider-Man: Turn Off the Dark. That um, uh, your your Twitter recently shared um, and reminded people, or maybe it was Instagram, to watch the clip of the Green Goblin at the Letterman <laughs> show performing a song from it. It's yeah. insane. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely bananas. What's even more insane is that I was within an inch of auditioning for that show. Really? really? Because they were doing open casting calls throughout the whole country to find a Peter <laughs> Parker. And I was just in the right age demographic at the time. But I was just like, I got to the day of doing it. And I'm like, there's no freaking way I'm going to audition for. There's no way in hell I am going to. No, there's no. I said, no. The reality set in. I was like, Jer, no. <laughs> Don't even embarrass yourself. So yeah. Were you gonna go to New York to do it or was it like no, it was or like, something? Like they were going to like state by state, like locally. Whoa. No way. Was, yeah, they were literally trying to find him anywhere they could. Oh yeah, like I I it wouldn't have had to go far. It would have been like wow. in Chicago somewhere, yeah. 
what are we doing talking about Batman v Superman? Well, this that, is interesting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you should have gone to the audition just to have a story to tell. Yeah. <laughs> You'll never know. You you could have been one of the many actors that got hurt on that play. Yeah, I, I could have died too. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, so, oh, lost opportunities. <laughs> <laughs> we We meet Lex Luthor. He's a cool guy. He puts Jolly Ranchers in other people's mouths when he's talking to them. Um, he yep. he wants to basically his so his whole plan is frame Superman and get General Zod's body and get to the downed Kryptonite sh- or Krypton ship. And he wants to kill Batman. Yeah, I think he's like you Probably know two birds why, one stone kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so he gets he gets Kryptonite from the yes. government. Right? Yeah. He gets Zod's body. That's off his fingertips. Yep. And, uh, you know, later on you see he accesses the ship with the fingerprints. And um, every time in a movie, every time someone has to to give blood as like an offering and they slice their hand every time. It's just like, you're sli- that's like your whole hand. <laughs> yeah. You're going to need that. It's just that is, I know, a nitpicky thing. But he really digs into his hand. No, it, it is sli- funny. He slices it. <laughs> like, he, yeah. It's like they the always... end of Back to the Future, which you'll talk <laughs> about one day. <laughs> they just grip, he grips the knife so hard. They grip it and do it. And it's like, I don't know, whenever I cut my finger, it's like gushing blood for minutes. <laughs> just <laughs> just a little, and then just drop, drop, drop. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, I've never sacrificed anything either. So what do I know? Yeah. Well, you have to give a lot of blood if you ever do. <laughs> That's what two movies have taught me. Um, yeah, so all he gets, I guess we can get back to that later. Yeah. That's, that's a lot of convoluted stuff, too. Yeah, and and so then there is the person who we saw, I I, I think uh, it's Scoot McNary, the actor, um, and oh, he, mm-hmm. yeah, that, I mean, that's his name, Scoot. That's crazy. Um, I thought it was Scott for so many years, and then I really looked at it. Because that makes sense, because that's a name. <laughs> but, um. He got his legs damaged and had to be amputated in the Battle of Metropolis, and so he hates Superman. And Lex Luthor's kind of coaxing him throughout the movie. Yeah, like, oh. be, the, be the poster boy of why Superman is bad. Yeah. And, and I gotta say, all of this stuff about questioning Superman, you know, what does it mean to be a god? If gods are walking among us, what does that mean to us? Like the whole thing where Batman's saying, if there's even a one percent chance that he's gonna kill us, we have to take that chance that he and kill him. All of this very into the the ideology of what is Superman and how scary potentially that could be, mm-hmm. and people having experienced the pains of what happened, even though it was done for good. Like like I would be him if I lost my legs during. The Battle of Metropolis. I wouldn't be thankful for and, Superman. And for Bruce Wayne to hate him so much makes sense because he was there and was trying to save people. So he, yeah. he witnessed it too. So that just gives, it plays into his motivation a lot. Yeah. So all of that I think is really cool. And then, and then the other thing, which I guess was extended and I, it should have been in the movie is Clark Kent starts investigating this Batman character and going to Gotham and he's finding that there's this guy who's going around branding people and not even finding information from them. And he is 
he's like targeting poor people and like going to the projects to beat up people. So mm-hmm. I'm sitting there and I'm like, his motive's pretty strong. Like this vigilante's out of control. So here's a question I had. So the the one dude that he branded, I think it was it the guy that had a lot of the girls kidnapped. Uh, Cause we see him in prison yeah. and they transfer him to another prison and he gets stabbed. Yeah. Did he get stabbed because of what he did or was there more stuff going on that I missed? There's, there's stuff that you missed. Yeah. And, and I, I don't want to step on any toes, but I don't know. No, go ahead. Well, I was going to say the whole branding thing is, you know, at least the way that I am to understand it is that Batman starts doing this just you know like batman is getting out of control at this point which i will touch on more later but yeah he's been doing this branding thing and it seems to me what's happening is that lex luthor is using that as a way to also frame batman and make him mm-hmm. look worse in superman's eyes so he's got a guy on the inside who's essentially anybody who's branded your job is to kill them and make it look like bad is- lex okay yeah because his like right hand man was like talking to that guy who right. ended up Okay, right. So yeah, Lex Luthor is trying to make Batman look even worse than Mm -hmm. the branding by, you know, making it seem like he's branding people to be targeted to then be killed in prison, in the prison system. I did not catch that Lex was behind that. Yeah, because it's very hard to catch. Yeah, Yeah. a lot is going on. Yeah, because I was just thinking, I'm like, man, this Batman really sucks. He's just (laughs) killing people, basically, like, even beyond the what we were just discussing, but he is branding these people and he knows they fooled that you. He, th- Lex Luthor's plan worked against you. Wait a second. Is oh. Lex on the zoom right now? Have we been hacked? <laughs> I'm being convinced to love it. <laughs> but then we have like, we have the, the wonderful, wonderful scene where Jesse Eisenberg talks about the oldest lie in America is that angels come from up above and he talks about his dad. Is that during that speech at that? It's when he's talking event. to Holly Hunter oh, in the, okay. in the okay. room. And he's yep. saying, do you, th- do you think my dad would be upset if I moved one tiny little thing in this room? Ooh, and he's jumping around the room. And uh, yeah, that's it's they talk tough. about. It's actually embarrassing yeah. watching the scenes with him. And I, I'm not I actually like Jesse Eisenberg quite a bit. But uh, I wonder what Holly Hunter thought. <laughs> yeah, She's like. Hey, as long as I get this paycheck, I'm a pro, and this guy sucks. Well, I gotta Hunter, get out of here. Talk about someone who is like pretty consistently the southern person in a movie, and yeah. she kills it every time. And I mean, she. At, I like her in this movie a lot. I don't know. No, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I think she's great. Do you yeah. guys? Uh, do you watch any like? This is gonna sound like a stupid question, but do you guys watch like television like series like on just network stuff? Like, do you watch? Yeah. Have you ever seen Mr. Mayor? No. No. Mr. Mayor, it's like a it's a Tina Fey uh, created show where Ted Danson is like a guy who is becomes mayor. I don't even remember how, but Holly Hunter is like the second lead on that show, and she's mm. like hilarious on that show. Really? So she, yeah. Oh, cool. I don't think that she crush it as the Southern in any movie, but she's also like damn funny as a really weird, like kind of like almost hippie like character, but not. Oh. Hippie. I don't like a new agey cool. kind of like it's it's a weird. She's a weird character in it, and yeah. she's funny on it, so I would recommend it if you like Hollywood. Okay. I don't think I've even heard of that show. What network was it on? It's on NBC, I think. Yeah, yeah, NBC. Huh. Wow. It's still on? Uh, I mean, right now it's on hiatus. I mean, it, it'll be coming back. It's been renewed for another season, but um, yeah, my wife and I watched like the first season after it had been 
like we set it to record at one point months prior and then like we were like oh yeah we recorded that show let's watch it this is like <laughs> eight months after the show had like you know the season finale so yeah i don't know when it's coming back but she's she's really funny in it. oh cool that's good, good to, know. to know yeah we'll put it on the list um so yeah you you were about to jump i could see no i actually don't remember what happens after the scene well see you wrote down bruce oh, no, is invited mind. to lex's mm-hmm. and um and that's the event Yes. And that's when he meets Gal Gadot. Yes. And sees that she is up to something no good. Or maybe. Who knows? Yeah. And and I think isn't she she's just trying to steal back the photo of herself, right? Is that isn't that all she's trying to do? Yeah, her plot is to reacquire the photo that Lex Luthor somehow somehow mm-hmm. found mm-hmm. of her from World War One. Mm-hmm. Because she's still in hiding, even though apparently in 1984 she did this whole big TV speech thing. But it's cool. Yeah, we ha- I have not seen 84 yet, so I I was thinking about that the whole movie, and I was like, oh, doesn't this not really make sense? But I mean, I it makes seen it, yet. it makes as much sense as it can. Like yeah. you know, like they do kind of give an explanation, which again is still like, why are you still beholden to this? You know. Uh, continuity that nobody cares about anymore like who cares if she was out in 1984 but yeah like they still go out of their way to explain it it's it's just i don't know it's thin it's flimsy yeah yeah Yeah. well and and that yeah that i mean you kind of just said it but that is i mean this podcast we talk about series and how they grow and change and i mean that's an example of them and i'm sure we'll talk about it more when we get to that movie but it is kind of like it's a it, they're kind of just rebooted this character. I'm mm-hmm. I'm sure they're not going to reference Batman v Superman for something in a Patty Jenkins Wonder Woman movie. Oh never. Like, and even yeah like I mean the biggest one probably is Aquaman cuz if I'm remembering right they basically kind of just pretend like ha- none of the Aquaman stuff has happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh really? Yeah, and it's the right call because you oh, just kind okay. of are like, "Okay, cool. I'm just watching this movie." But um, yeah, you'll you'll find out soon enough, Jordan, and you'll make your own opinion. <laughs> That's true. But it's hard to beat an octopus playing drums. I just gotta say, so see an said. octopus playing drums, and it's hard to beat. Um, so then there's this whole sequence of Superman, um, kind of being equated to God, and he's flying all over the world and saving he's people, saving people. Yeah. Um, I like all that. It's pretty cool. Um. It looks good. Looks great. I mean, this I have is a, a good-looking movie. I have a real problem in this sequence, and it's when any movie does this, where they use like real-life TV news personalities. To, yeah. Uh, you know, so like later on when you see John Stewart show up, and it's just like something that's clearly that not was written. a woof moment for me because it's clearly not written by john stewart he's given these lines and again that's an example of like oh these are jokes written by somebody who doesn't know how to write a joke <laughs> like like it's almost like john stewart should have been like oh no i'm sorry i'm better than this like i can't <laughs> i yeah. can't let you give me this these lines let me just write a joke but then he'd have to <laughs> yeah. get paid for it and ugh. yeah yeah too what, much what was his joke where he he was like superman says he's not american but he's got a third of the initials for the U.S. on the front of his shirt. Oh, you mean he's got one of the most common letters in the U.S. alphabet <laughs> on his shirt, and that could mean many things? Huh. Uh, I, uh, that, that was, yeah, huh. that was jarring. I, also, it's, it's just weird. 
when a movie it, it's not trying to be in our world and they have our world celebrities i mean that's enough to hurt your I, brain i just think that's what the series is filled with uh, stuff like that where they just didn't really think about that for an extra minute yeah because yeah, even like, yeah like like in in marvel um like marvel comics i will say like they will reference the president and stuff they'll th- there was a issue with spider-man where obama is in it mm-hmm. and it's like yeah it's new york like this, this takes place in our world. It's not in Metropolis and Gotham. Yeah, right. like cities that don't exist. Yeah. It's kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. Just, just like keep them out. You don't need. You don't need to blend those real world things. It's like you're trying to lend credibility to this world that we know is fake. We don't want. I know. I don't want this world to be real. Who wants <laughs> Gotham to be a place? Oh yeah. my gosh! Yeah. <laughs> Next is the Batman nightmare scope scape. I'm reading what you wrote. Um. This at this point in the movie, I looked down at my phone for like a second, and I was so lost. But then yeah, I, I realized it was, yeah. it was a nightmare. <laughs> you, you turned thing. to me because you know Batman gets out. He's got this big gun. He's in this crazy costume, and everything looks it's completely different. And he's like shooting people and stuff like that. And you're like, what is going on? And then and, people with wings show up. And I go, Jordan, just just listen, just watch, because it is jarring. It's supposed to be yeah, jarring. Yeah, yeah. So just hang There's on. It's not the right time to look away. I get. Who cares? Yeah. But yeah. And then he wakes yeah, up. Of all the one minute periods that you could have looked away, you chose yeah. the worst one <laughs> yeah. minute period to look away. Very confused. So uh uh he he does all this fighting and stuff. There's there's this one shot where he's fighting everybody, and it's it's just sort of funny. I feel like ever since we we did the Ip Man series, I'm just a little more critical of fight scenes because it definitely seemed like, oh yeah, Ben Affleck is an actor, not a martial artist. Because uh, you could see them like not real. I don't know. And no, you can you can you can see the choreography not being done at full speed. Like it, like they're mm-hmm. at eighty yeah. percent speed, and it's like you you got to speed it up a little bit. Like just yeah, just a little bit. Like yeah. all you got to do. Um, it's like Batman will always be clunky. I mean, you know, maybe one day it won't be, but even like Christian Bale, it's just like those fight scenes too are just he's just so clunky. Yeah, because the, the because costume is it, so restricting. <laughs> but. Talk about clunky later on in this movie, though. Oh, oh yeah, we got a we got some clunk. But he wakes up, and then we see, as always, the high pitched Ezra Miller oh, screaming at him right. in this strange outfit, and his his helmet pushes back, and he goes, he goes, Lois is the key. Lois oh, is the right. key. Wait, am I at the? Am I early? I must be early. He's already getting ready for his uh, stand-up bit that he gets to start slinging in Justice League. <laughs> and um, and then he disappears, and then Ben Affleck wakes up again. Yeah. And can I and just oh. say what a mistake it was? Like, of all the mistakes this movie makes, you put a man in a red costume with a helmet that opens up in the front, and you give him a little weird goatee, mm-hmm. and you expect this audience to not go, oh, why is Iron Man in this movie? Like, I literally, yeah. People in my audience be like, "Is that Iron Man?" Like, I'm like, <laughs> and even I'm like, I, I, I'm pretty sure it's the Flash, but why does he look like that? Oh, that's so. Yeah, funny. that's a that's a funny point. I didn't even think about that. I just, I did. I had no idea what that was. Uh, I mean, my my DC Comics literacy is pretty low. Um, but I, I was. Well, can't he run through so fast? He can run through time. Yeah, yeah, and it, so he's like in the Speed Force or something like that. But uh, it, it was just so jarring. 
all of the all of the setting up for future movies in this movie is I mean straight up bad. Yeah, it's it's egregious. It's <laughs> it's it's it, they have a lot of balls to be like, oh no, we're gonna get to all of this. Well, and I I think for as much problems as there are in Phase One of Marvel, this movie and Justice League really make you appreciate the fact that they each character had their own movie. So mm-hmm. when they came together, you knew who they were, and you were like, okay, cool, a, a new story can be told instead of this where it's like rush, 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 and then Justice League just kind of starts, and I mean, I shouldn't even talk about it yet. That movie's insane. The whole setting up of future stuff, it's really clunky, and it's not good. <laughs> so then... Period. <laughs> I wrote Lex sends Superman pictures, and that seems like he that is sends way... pictures of the branding of the yeah, inmate. Oh, so it's 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 Wait continuing <laughs> him. Oh, so we did talk about this. It continues him <laughs> on his investigation. Yeah. So then we also we all, uh, so then Batman is trying to get Kryptonite so that he yep. can kill Superman. And I do I actually love Jeremy Irons. Uh, uh, um, Alfred mm-hmm. it's a different take and it's cool he like works on cars and chops wood and he's a little bit younger and um, I dig it I assume you guys didn't watch the Gotham TV series no Just I have not I, I think I mean that kind of like it's in the same vein as this Alfred but the the Alfred on that show uh, is my all-time favorite Alfred I've ever seen depicted really? in a movie yeah actually and you know what like as bad as that series was also my favorite penguin and perhaps my favorite like real Riddler, not like Jeremy Irons yeah. and Die Hard with a Vengeance. It's got a lot of my favorite elements. It's just like the execution of it was very poor. But yeah, every week, like I could count on good Alfred and like teenage Bruce. Yeah. Like g- awesome scenes. Like it was always going to be good when the two of them were doing stuff together. So. Check out, like, see if you could, you don't have to watch the series, but, like, look and see if you could find, like, a YouTube, like, yeah. highlights of Alfred and Gotham and see if you could <laughs> Gotham, but just Alfred. Yeah, okay. Um, Worth it to me. But, yeah, yeah I, I think he's really good, and, and I could be misremembering, but I feel like there's more of him in this movie than the, the trailer or the theatrical, because yeah. I, I just remember leaving the movie and being like, I don't even know if I can have an opinion about him. That's oh. how I remember feeling. Maybe. Yeah, I feel like he was pretty involved in this ultimate cut. Yeah, and, and I do think it's cool that he's... I mean, this is a common thing that Alfred does, but I think he does a really good job of, you know, like at the scene where he's saying, I'm going to get this kryptonite, and he goes, so that you can destroy it. And Batman says no. Mm. And he's he he knows that he can't convince him. Like, Bruce is far too angry. Yeah. But he's like... He okay. just wants him to settle down. Okay, I guess you're going to make a really bad decision. You should listen to me more often. Yeah. Um, so then then there is the Batmobile sequence. Yeah. We get to see the Batmobile. Cool design. Yeah. This is... Oh, oh, we get a... All right. I mean, look, I'm a man who grew up with the completely impractical, impractical Anton first 1989 Batmobile. That thing is a work of art. This thing is okay, but I mean, I'll take it over what they're going to give us in the Robert Pattinson one. Like, I don't want that at all. But yeah. uh, you know, it, it's it's definitely not my favorite. I, I you know, 
I even kind of like the ones in the other Joel Schumacher movies. The look. Oh, of those. those are so good. Well, oh, yeah, yeah, the the Tim Burton ones and those ones. Yeah, that's obviously that those ones look the best. They make definitely. no sense, but you know, yeah. Like, yeah, they're the coolest looking vehicles. And yeah, like that 1989 Batmobile. Like I got it right back there on Lego, man. Like, I, oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, it's cool. So, yeah, I mean that's... that one. That it is the coolest. You you are correct. And yeah. I was not, I do want to say for the record, I did not say this one was cooler than that one. No, yeah, no. <laughs> it's it's just for me. It's like I won't even put it in the in the cool category. I'm just like, what? Are, yeah. What are you going for with this thing? Like, just doesn't have much character. That is, yeah. I mean, yeah. I maybe I just am beholden to when the Batmobile's on screen. I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> cool. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, like, it's always a fun sequence. Like, you know, yeah, something fun, but. I mean, I I like the Adam West Batmobile too. That thing's cool. Oh yeah, very cool. I'll take that. Yeah, I would like if I were to rank Batmobiles, it's like eighty nine, maybe sixty six. Uh, let's go with Forever, Batman and Robin, and then yeah, like the Tumblr is pretty low for me too. Like I'm like, I got upset with that one. I'm like, aside from it being black, it doesn't even resemble a Batmobile. Like, yeah, there's true. nothing bat about this. And I was very upset I, about that. Yeah, I like it, but it's probably the least cool looking out of all of them. Right. I, I like for, well, well, for like, the world it presents. I like it. Well, because that world is it is practical and you're going to understand how it works. Yeah. yeah. Which is where you forgive it because you're like, well, I mean, he's not going to throw a bat fin on the back of that for no reason at all. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I guess I have to accept it. Batman is chasing down the white Portuguese to get the Krypton, which he finds out is a ship. And there's some pretty decent Batmobile stuff. It, it I, frankly, it is a little jarring after rewatching the Dark Knight stuff, where all, almost all of the the sequences were practical, and this one is like it's pretty CG. The mm-hmm. the car for the most part, even just like slamming into walls, like something that any like any stunt driver could do. It's it's just a little confusing why they made that decision. It's because they look when you get it to look like CG like that, it, it they just look like action figures banging against the wall where there's like there's no yeah. denting. It's just it hits the wall and then it goes like it just kind of bounces back. You know, it's I, I don't like it either. Yeah, it looks real fake. Yeah. And again, we're not we're not purists. We 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 love a good CG, but, you know, misusing it is a hard thing to get past. Mm-hmm. Um, And then Superman stops his car. He flies yes. down, rips off the them, doors. Tells him to stop. And we have the great trailer moment that they showed us in the trailer, <laughs> as you were <laughs> referencing. And um, he's like, you better stop. Batman says, do you bleed? <laughs> and he flies away and he goes, you will. <laughs> yep. And you go, wow, I'm moody right now. <laughs> I got to listen to, I don't know, what, ba- what band do you think Bruce Wayne is listening to in the Batcave? This Bruce Wayne, like this I mean, Bruce this, Wayne, this guy's listening to like Megadeth or something like that, like just yeah, heavy metal. <laughs> yeah, that that was the kick drum doing that, like ni- or like Nine Inch Nails or something like. I guess that's, yeah. that seems a little more Pattinson almost, maybe, but I don't know. <laughs> he's he's listening to Nine Inch Nails, but he has he's taken the f- files and he's made them longer and lower. Yeah. <laughs> so it's all slowed down and it's like a lower pitch. There yeah. you go. Um so they do all that and then Superman 
is he is really like, man, this sucks. He flies to his mom. No one likes me anymore, mom. And, and his, she says, you, well, I saw that you wrote it down. Or that, that, you know, he doesn't owe the world anything. Yeah. So basically. She's a good mom, I guess. Just telling him, you don't owe anyone anything. You can do whatever. I don't care. Cool. Very, very I Superman. Mean, I think she, I think she's, she's. <laughs> She's trying to be a good mom, you know, and she's not worrying about the Superman. She's worrying about Clark Kent in that, yep. like, Clark is trying to please everybody. And it's just like, dude, you can't please everybody. Like, be you, be true to you, and, like, do the best that you can. That's essentially what she's saying, which is, you know. Yeah. That's a good a good thing for a parent to say, as opposed to something else, which I'll talk about later. <laughs> which is, like, what else is she going to say? No yeah. no parent has been in this situation before. Um, well, and, and I, I do get that. It just... And and that's the that's the like part where I have to go. Okay, this is Zack Snyder Superman. This is not like true to a Superman that should be. This is his, and he can have it. Because it's just like, you know, I don't know. What I I just I just don't I really do, like rewatching it. I was like, oh, I hate this scene. Like I might you know what like I I might be able to fix that for you. I, okay. I, okay. I, I might. I don't know. I can't promise anything. I'm not a miracle <laughs> yeah. worker, but I might well, it, be able to save some of that for you. You know, Spider-Man comes home and his Uncle Ben says, like, yeah, you know, don't worry about it. Like, care about yourself. That's how it rings to me. It's like, no. This isn't Spider-Man. I know. I know. But I think they're kind of in the same realm. Okay. In a lot of ways. Like, their ideology. But okay. Again, I am not a Superman expert. I have You're read... a Spider-Man expert. I, I try. I try every day. Um, <laughs> but I, you know, so maybe someone listening has read a lot more Superman comics and they can go, actually, yeah. Micah, you got egg on your face right now because you're so wrong. Um, so after this, generally, is the, the pee scene? Yeah, yeah. In the jar? Pee's in the jar. And I thought this was going to be much more dramatic from what I remember when you told me about this. I don't know why. Yeah. Well, it, 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 it is kind of funny. It's just like, wow, we I guess we really were expected to remember that one line that was throwaway that he said very quickly <laughs> so that we could get this like big, huge laugh. I, or not laugh, but it's this this uh, notorious moment with with pee and grandma's peach tea. To what end is the does is the pee in this movie? Like to what function? Yeah. Does it serve? It's so odd. Except to have Holly Hunter take pause for a moment before getting blown up. Like, yeah, useless garbage. Yeah, I'm with you. Like we don't I, need urine yeah. in a Batman movie or Superman movie. We don't need <laughs> urine in a superhero movie. No. End of story. So so then, we, and we'll find out later, Lex Luthor blew up the Senate hearing. While Superman was inside. Yes. So this terrible thing happens. Superman was there when it happened. He didn't stop it. Dare people even wonder if he's the reason for it. You know, because yeah. everyone hates him. Even though he is helping people when after it happens until he does need to leave. Well, and I think it's important to note that that is added, that he was helping people. Yeah. Oh, Which really? is crazy because when you watch the theatrical, he walks out and flies away. And you're just like, this guy sucks. Yeah. Like, he doesn't oh, help people. And when I saw that, I was like, oh, maybe I misremembered. And I looked it up to confirm. 
But yeah, in this, the ultimate cut where it, it's extended, he actually is helping people, and the paramedics say, there's nothing else you can do, Superman. Thank you for helping. And it's like, hmm. oh, okay. <laughs> that fixed that whole That's problem a pretty I big had. Difference. And again, like, not you're only adding what a little bit of time if you include it's that like scene yeah 10 seconds probably yeah it's the mo it's one of the worst decisions in the theatrical cut to not include that moment uh, and i feel like that's that's a warner brothers cutting on time or something but still so cut like, time cut time somewhere else come, yeah. cut yeah. some lois lane time or something yeah, she's in this so much yeah and, and sure. i i i get what it's just we talked about this in the last and for Man of Steel 2, it's like, get you put Lois Lane in it because that's the love interest. I don't think you need a love interest at all. Uh, but I like I get what she's doing in this movie, but it really is like, if you have to come down to it and you have to cut stuff, just cut her. Yeah. Because what she does is she's just trying to make Superman good to everyone else, which... I mean, she's figuring stuff out, but it doesn't really affect the greater plot. And then later on, she throws the kryptonite down like a well... <laughs> and she has yeah, to go back yeah, down and swim yeah. for it. And it's just, it's like, <laughs> I yeah, don't know. That, that is kind of like, like she throws it down and then she walks out. And then like a few minutes later, she's like, oh shit. And then she's going yeah. like, to go back <laughs> and like get it. Like... And almost dies doing it. And then Superman has to get it. And he obviously almost dies. Get it. It's just wild. It's wild. I mean, this is at the, at the end of the day, whatever you think about it, you have to admit it's strange and it's weird and it's out there. For better or for worse, mm -hmm. this movie does try a lot of stuff. Um, but let's okay, let's just kind of skip ahead here. I mean, we've yeah. been we've been really yeah, yeah, covering yeah. this well, but I'm starting to get exhausted. <laughs> so Lex tries to. He's like, oh man, now I'm trying to. So let's get to Batman v Superman, right? Can we? Yeah, yeah. yeah let's okay. Do Lex well, yeah, has set up this whole thing. Mm -hmm. And he has uh, kidnapped Ma, K Ma Kent, and he had... Well, let's not forget her name, Martha Kent. This is important yeah, to remember. Important. Um, and he's taking photos of her, and he tells Superman, you have to kill Batman or she's going to die. And that starts the whole fight. Batman is ready to go. He's got his searchlight. He's in the, the like, iron costume. Oh, okay, yeah. And he has kryptonite oh, weapons. yeah. Um, and they begin their fight. So let's talk about the fight. So your thing, I remember you were talking about how this kind of feels like a situation where maybe Superman should have just said, Hey, he kidnapped my mom help. Well, it's, it's a fun, like, obviously this is the whole thing. No, I, I, I know, I know, I know. Yeah. But on, on the one hand, like, like this movie, it, it's, these are the problems with it is, is like, it has to spend so much time in this fight trying to subliminally, subliminally explain to the audience why they can't talk two sentences to each other. Yeah. To just explain this all so that they can fight. And this is why if I were to rewrite this movie, and I hope this is not yours because that would be, you've been hyping this up, <laughs> but my rewrite to this movie would be to completely cut Lex Luthor out of the movie. And it would be to just let them have their natural biases and fight on their own terms. And there is no kidnap thing. That would be my edit to this. 
Yeah, and and I don't have uh, so much as an edit as so much as I have uh, justification for the decisions that were made. So, but I am with you there. If you're going to make an edit, 100%, Lex Luthor does not need to be in this. You need to have Batman doing his thing almost completely unaffected by Superman. And mm-hmm. Superman comes in and Batman is the villain of the Super of Man of Steel 2. And he's still yeah. like a good guy, but from Superman's perspective, you're doing vigilante bad things and I'm doing the Boy Scout thing. You're doing it wrong. I'm doing it right. You need to stop. And Batman's like, kiss my ass. I'll <laughs> yeah. kiss your ass. Don't tell me I've been yeah. doing this for 20 years. And that's what their fight is about. Like that yeah. makes more sense yes, than absolutely. what we get here. Yeah. And and I think that there's a just kind of a funny thing because um, this is in Civil War as well. I think it makes a little more sense in Civil War but but it's like how come we can't just have our two good guys fight because they could disagree on something mm-hmm. you know so like iron man and cap they fight but there is like an ultimate power behind them that they will unite against and i do understand that that does help you wrap up a movie a little easier but i think it would be cool if you just have these two different people superman and batman and they can't agree on something and they got to duke it out i think it's like that would it would be an awesome movie if that was the case, mm-hmm. I think. And I'm 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 I kind of uh you know this is a hot take too, but I kind of don't like what happens in a lot of civil war because it's like to me, I can almost justify what happens in this movie more because it's like you mean to tell me after all of the experience that you had with Steve Rogers and your familiarity with Bucky and knowing that this man is not that that he was brainwashed like you mean to tell me that you're still going to like beat the crap out of each other because he he didn't think to tell you this inf- like that to me was like sure yeah I mean, that's I, a I good understand, point i understand that tony stark is a flawed character and that's the whole point but yeah. like I, I was like come on that seems to me like more of an error than these two like cuz again we're pre- we're presenting a a grand movie here so like mm-hmm it doesn't have to, you know, I'm not saying that it justifies what we get in this, but to me, the reality of civil war felt more fake than this in certain, in certain points. Sure. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know if I agree cause I haven't seen civil war in a while, but, um, I, I do kind of dig that take at least. Yeah. Um, so this fight, it's pretty cool. It's in 70 millimeter and they keep the aspect ratio. If you're watching it on HBO max, I'm always a fan of keeping the ratio. I think it looks amazing. Um, they fight for a while, and then before the fight started, I said, Jordan, do you have any idea of what's going to happen in this in this movie? And she said, because she had noticed, wait, they have the same uh, mother's names. And she said, well, it, you know, it'd be funny as if uh, they got in a fight and then they... They said each other's name, the name of their mother, and then they cried about it and became friends. And I said, oh, that's, do you really think that's going to happen? And she goes, oh, no, no, that'd be too stupid if that happened. (laughs) (laughs) And then that's what happens. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. They did it. And, and on a, on a, I think you can explain this. I know this is kind of cited as like one of the egregious, like stupidest things to happen in the modern century in film it's not that bad i think but it is pretty bad it is it is but i it's like i get what they were doing though so uh 
uh, Clark or Superman says they'll kill Martha, like stop. And to Batman, he translated as like, don't let Lex Luthor kill your parents a second time through whatever that is. That's like kind of why I took it like through killing think, their memory or their honor or something. I yeah. think it's even simpler as that. Like Batman is 100% on like a path and he mm-hmm. there's, you know, like I've heard it described recently as Captain Ahab, man. Like he is just going after. Yeah. You know, and he, and he is not going to stop no matter who tries to stop him, no matter who tries to reason with him. He's not going to stop. So something has to make him just snap and go, wait a minute, what the hell am I doing here? And yeah. like, yeah, yeah. So in that regard, I get what they're doing. But yeah, like there are so many different ways to go about everything in the actual fighting, <laughs> like the fisticuffs that they, yeah. that they throw should have been handled completely differently the entire time. I mean, it's cool stuff to look at. And that's really mm-hmm. what this sequence was built around is just like, let's do these cool things. I was like, all right, cool. Now, how do we justify it? Ah, who cares? <laughs> Martha? <laughs> Okay. Martha. Oh, wait. That's the same. <gasps> that wait would work. Minute. David, write that down. Oh, my God. Nobody ever thought about that before. <laughs> David Goyer, you're a genius. You get to keep working for another 10 years. And hey, David, we'd love to have you on the podcast sometime. <laughs> we'll talk about... Um, we'll have you on a John Wick episode. How about that? Um, so, yeah, there's all that. And then then Doomsday is awakened and he fights them, which means Wonder Woman has to come in. Yes. And they all, there's a big, big, big fight. The Wonder Woman theme song rules. It's oh, so yeah. cool. And in the theaters, I was like, this is amazing. Since, it, th- this is like my thing with the score, is like, it has some great iconic stuff, but I feel like because of future movies, I'm sick of those things. As much as I love the Wonder Woman score, it's like every time she shows up in a movie, it's always like, dun, 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 I don't know. I disagree. I'm like, I, I watched Wonder Woman and I was like, uh, where was the theme? Where'd it, where'd it go? I want that theme. Uh, uh, Wonder Woman 84, you kind of have it in there. Where's the theme? I want that. Give me that electric guitar back. That's what hey, I Maybe I'm saying. just thinking of uh, the Justice League Snyder cut because I think it's in it like six or seven times. Yeah, I think maybe you're right. I don't remember. <laughs> maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Sounds I'm like wrong. You're but... not tired of it, and you're t- you, Mike, are tired of it. But the, the I worst. I don't know if I'll ever get tired of. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it is like. a great. It is a great riff. And and the the worst part though is is in the 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 Snyder cut of Justice League. There's there's like a female vocalist also Wonder Woman theme. It's like ah! oh yeah, and Ooh. there there there's a <laughs> like there's <Bjork>. a sequence <laughs> at the end. Where I, I want to say it happens like three times in three minutes. And it's like every time the camera cuts to her. It, ah! <laughs> yeah, that's funny. <laughs> but it is a great theme. And I remember in the theaters, I was like, let's go, Hans. You got this. <laughs> but um, then they fight Doomsday. She was cool. This is the first time I've seen a Wonder Woman thing because I haven't seen her movie. Yeah. So this was very cool. She's awesome. I'm excited to see her movie because I know you've talked it up too. Um, I just got to say about the doomsday creature thing. Uh, 10 years ago, I would have hated this now still don't like it, but I like looking at it. (laughs) So I feel like monster wise, it's like, okay, this is kind of fun. Kind of like they have to fight this thing. I mean, it's I'm, I'm totally out by this time in the movie anyway. And then when it mutates because of the nuclear bomb, 
I was like, okay, let's, how much more can you do? Can you have a bone, like, spear grow out of its hand and stab Superman? Okay, you did it. That's cool. So it, that, that worked I'm, like, for me. not into his design at all. That's so funny I, that you dig it. It was just, I think I was pretty bored at this point. I needed something flashy, <laughs> and they gave it to me. And it was fine. So... Yeah, in, in oh, so this, here's, oh, go ahead. Okay, in, in this sequence, uh, Superman sacrifices himself to stab it with a, a Kryptonian spear. Yeah. What do you think about them? This happening? It it makes no sense. <laughs> he he, Wonder Woman. Okay, like and like they really do their they do what they can to justify everybody's role in this mm-hmm. final takedown of Doomsday. Batman blasts him with the kryptonite grenade, which weakens Doomsday. Wonder Woman's got him with the lasso. He's restrained. Superman flies in and stabs him with the spear. Realistically, though, Superman should have just been like, hey, let me grab that lasso from you. Go take this. And just Wonder Woman should have gone up there and stabbed Doomsday in the chest. Like, it wouldn't have made any difference to her, yeah. like, yeah. the kryptonite. And maybe she would have died, like, in the process the same way. But it's like... I, I don't know. At least there's a fighting chance, you know, like it, yep. it's the logic of it doesn't make sense that it has to be him. Like it, it, it literally doesn't. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's, it does feel like when you've been watching this movie for so long, like it doesn't feel like this movie was building to one of the biggest pop culture characters ever getting killed. Yeah. Right. And so to me, even having known that it, that it happens, it's like, Oh, this is so random that he has to die. <laughs> And yeah, I just feel like he doesn't. And no. then, I mean, obviously. Not even poetically. Like, I think yeah. that they think that people, you know, who wrote it and Zack Snyder, like, to them it makes sense because the whole movie they've been making him, like, everyone hates him. Maybe, you know, it's like the Dark Knight thing. Like, they don't, like, they need him right now. They don't deserve him. All that garbage, you know, like. So maybe they're thinking, like, once we get to this point poetically, it makes sense for him to be the one to sacrifice himself. But yeah. I, I do agree that it is, like, I mean, strategically, that's a bad move for him <laughs> yeah, to, to yeah. do that thing. Just weird. And and then, you know, we have the funeral. And then before they even get to the credits, you see dirt floating above yeah. his casket, which doesn't make any sense because when they bring him back in Justice League, it's completely of their accord, not anything that has to do with his body. So I don't understand why the dirt was floating. Um. And I know we blew past a lot of stuff there, but I, I think those are the highlights. Yeah. And it's a very weird movie. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's horrible. Don't think it's good. No. But yeah, I want to hear it's what crazy. I've been waiting this whole time to hear. Right. Okay, so this, again, this is not going to save the movie for a lot of people. In fact, a lot of people may hear this and just be like, even like mad that I would try to use this as justification. I'm just using what I know about myself, what I know about uh, the story that's been presented to us in Man of Steel and uh, Batman v Superman. To me, the way that you justify this is simply like you examine the facts of what you have in Man of Steel. And Man of Steel to me is like, you were raised by a bad stepfather. And that's, that's literally what this is to me. Mm-hmm. Superman, you know, Clark Kent at 12, 13 years old or whatever is starting to learn this, you know, that he has these powers, that he's different in some way. 
you know, dare I say the way that somebody might discover their own sexuality around 12 or 13 years old. And your stepfather, Pa Kent goes, you better hide who you are. You know, he, mm -hmm. he, 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 he does not allow Superman to learn who he is in any way because he makes him suppress being that person. He's like, hide who you are. Don't let it out. Maybe you should let people die because uh, they might think that you're weird and they might cut you. You know, they might look yeah. at you like they might want to experiment on you. Like, whatever. It's like he, he basically tells him, don't be you. And so yeah. Superman grows up for 30 years, you know, periodically having these moments where he couldn't save people. He knows that he can do better. And his stepfather is still saying, don't, don't do it, man. Like, but he's like, but. I can go save the dog. Don't do it. Let me die in a tornado. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Don't be you. Hide who you are. Then he meets his real father and his real father's like, oh, dude, you're awesome. You can be whatever <laughs> you want, man. You have no idea who you are. Like you're going to save, you're going to save this planet. You were literally, the reason we sent you to this planet is because you're going to save these people. And Superman goes, what the hell am I supposed to do with this information? Like he doesn't like, he doesn't know who he is. And this is something that was always stressed, even in the man of steel, that this is a Superman who has not come into his own. This is a mm -hmm. man who grew up on this planet, knowing a, a little bit about what's going on inside of him, but not being allowed to explore what that is. And then all of a sudden his world is turned on his head and he has to kind of figure out who that person is. And so there's this big, huge destruction. He saves the world He's conflicted about all of this throughout the whole thing. He kills Zod, something that causes him to cry about. He didn't want to do it. He doesn't know any better. He doesn't know how to handle the situation because he didn't have a father or parents who taught him good lessons. They basically modeled yeah. bad behavior for him. And so, you know, him not knowing what to do, he's in that situation. He's like, I, I don't know what to do. I'm sorry. This is all I can think of. Crack. He snaps his neck. It causes him to like break down. He's like, what the hell? Like, who am I? Oh my God, this is messing with my brain. And then the world calls him Superman. And they look at him as a hero. And all of a sudden he starts to get a little full of himself. And I think that's kind of what happens in this movie. He's kind of like, well, wait a minute. I've been doing this for 18 months now. I'm doing pretty good. And there's this bat guy doing something. I don't like that. I'm going to step in and I'm going to do something about that. Cause he's kind of cocky and kind of full of himself, quite frankly. Mm -hmm. And you know, so that's kind of like the Superman is that he has not figured out what he needs to do. He's kind of putting his girlfriend first. He's kind of like, the world doesn't like me. Like I'm trying to do good, but they don't appreciate it. Like he's kind of whiny about it because he just doesn't know what to do. You know? So there's the Superman of it. The Batman side of it is we, what do we learn in this movie? He's been doing this for 20 years. We learned that Robin is dead. His, you know, his sidekick Robin is dead. Now, granted, you have to, like I've said, you have to divorce yourself of anything you know of Batman. So this is kind of one of those things where it's like, well, you have to know who Robin is to know that this means something. Mm -hmm. But point mm -hmm. being, Robin is killed and that causes Batman to lose his mind. He's like, are you kidding me? Like he just, he starts to go into darker territory and maybe he gets a grip on himself or, and maybe he doesn't, it doesn't matter. But then all of a sudden this alien shows up, destroys his yeah. building. And he's like, are you kidding me? I have been doing this for 20 years in Gotham. All the, I've taken down the Joker. I've taken down the Penguin. I've taken down all of these people, people with powers that I don't understand. And all of a sudden this freaking alien shows up and destroys <laughs> half the city. Screw him. He deserves to die. That's where Batman is. And as a man 
who is prone to bouts of rage at times, whose parents modeled bad behavior for him. Cause that's another thing you have to understand about Batman is he did not have parents growing up uh-huh. Yeah, at eight, nine, 10 years old, his parents are murdered. And he, and this is something that Gotham, the TV series kind of touches on a little bit better than the movies ever have is that a 12 year old Bruce Wayne looks to Alfred, his Butler, the father figure in his life. And he can be like, you know what? That's good advice, but I still pay your salary and I don't care. Yeah. I don't have to listen to you because you're not my dad. And he's going to do whatever he wants. And that's 20 years of Batman doing, you know, the job that he thinks he needs to be doing. Everyone trying to tell him like, you don't need to be doing this. And he just, I mean, Batman is crazy. Like nobody mm-hmm. thinks about that. Batman mm-hmm. is psychotic to put on a costume, to go out there and to just beat people within an inch of their life because something bad happened to him when he was a kid is crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 This is a crazy psychotic man up against a creature, an alien who's kind of full of himself. And that's where like, I think a lot of the um, behaviors of Batman and Superman in this movie can be justified. A lot of people are like, Superman doesn't behave like Superman. It's like, well, he hasn't, he doesn't know how to be Superman yet. It takes him yeah. dying and it takes him coming back and understanding and getting a second chance, which is what happens kind of in Justice League. If you watch like the Snyder cut, you know, it happens in both versions, but like, doesn't matter what happens to the Joss Whedon version. That's not the intent. Yeah. You know? So like, I am, I, I totally understand the arc of where this character is supposed to go until we started to hear this news recently of like, oh, what the Justice League trilogy is. We're like, and you know, I'm sorry, I'm jumping around a little bit here, but um, this is, you know, this Superman is also influenced by the uh, injustice, you know, like, and I think that what the series was kind of doing was interesting in that they were basically presenting this universe where they gave you the villain up front. Like mm-hmm. that's where they're going is that Superman was essentially going to be like a Thanos in this universe. Like he's the major force, which kind of makes yeah. sense. Because everyone's always like, well, how do you make a Superman movie? Because Superman's too powerful. You make him the villain. You make him the bad guy. And I can f- kind of follow that to a certain degree but then you hear about like the stuff about like, oh yeah, Lois and Batman and Bruce Wayne slept together and Lois was pregnant with his kid. And like, I don't know. I haven't heard of these things. These are all things that came out like after the Snyder cut was released. And like, I don't want to spoil, you're not going to watch the Snyder cut though. Right. Or were you guys like, no. I've, I've seen the Snyder cut. Yeah. I you watched it in its entirety. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, like that's, you know, Lois is pregnant in the Snyder cut. She's intentionally, she's intended yeah. to be pregnant with Bruce Wayne's kid, which are Clark. What? Yeah, it kind of doesn't make sense. Like she sleep, she ends up like having Bruce Wayne's kid and like or like the no, I'm sorry. Like, like they're saying this she's, is their intent of the I'm series. Sorry. I'm 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 reversing it. Yeah, the intent was she's a, she's pregnant with Superman's kid. Superman's kid grows up with no powers and becomes the new Batman. Like the intention is that Batman dies in like the fifth movie of this series. Oh. What? And it's like once you start to get into those details, which clearly you guys are baffled as baffled as I am by like <laughs> where they were going, but like I can follow it all the way up to like, we're showing you the birth of a villain, basically like a superhero who does good and then gets kind of full of himself and then like has to like go through this arc. And then, you know, he becomes a, villain at the end. Oh God. <laughs> like it's so, it's so bad when I really start to think of the details of like why he was going to be the villain. And it, <laughs> And we, they touch on it a little bit in this. When you get into the nightmare sequence, he's like, you took everything from me. And it's like, yeah, yeah, you slept with Lois and I'm mad. 
Like, I, I, th- I think that's kind of like the details of what was supposed to happen. Oh. Like, a, like a, oh, yeah, because there's actual triangle that happens. And that's where we're going with our superhero movies, apparently. There, there is that scene because in the the Snyder cut, there is like a very long nightmare sequence scene, and the implication is that and they might have even shown him that that Superman has destroyed the world. Essentially, yeah, like Darkseid yeah. has arrived, and he's working like Superman is working with Darkseid, and like they're destroying. Yeah, the world. which was, I mean, by that point, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I've made it through four hours. <laughs> I deserve, yeah. I deserve some points or something. It's yeah, it's okay. That whole that whole. I mean, it's an experience in and of itself. But anyway, that's that's how I justify a lot of, like I said, I have to go out of my way to enjoy it as much as I can. And the way that I do that is by filling in some of these blanks with the information that's provided to me. And when you look at it through that lens of like, this is a Superman and a Batman who, who did not have good parents growing up. Like that's the the reality of what this is. It kind of makes some of those decisions easier. And it's like, it, you know, it doesn't change the fact that Superman should have just been hovering above Batman and being like, Hey man, look, I know we don't get along, but they're going to kill my mom. Can you help me out? And then we yeah. can go back to fighting. Yeah. Like that's all that needed to happen, but that's not how we, what we get, you know, like I, I like, yeah, you know, and they, they touch on some of the dark Knight returns, uh, comic book stuff where it's like, you know, it, it is a kind of a philosophy where Batman has gone off the edge and it's like, you need to pull it back, man. Like, yeah, that's kind of where Superman is coming from with this, but yeah, like just have them talk more and like have yeah. that be, you know, it doesn't need to be Lex Luthor framing Batman. Like Batman's already doing bad things that Superman can look at and be like, that's not good. You yeah. know, yeah. because I'm, because I'm doing it differently. And Batman can look at Superman and be like, bitch, I've been doing this for 20 years and I lost <laughs> a partner. Don't tell me how to do my job. Yeah. Like, yeah. Both be like that. That's all it needs to be. Yeah. Yeah, much, I, much simpler. I like looking at justifying the the Man of Steel stuff with his dad, his stepdad, and the yeah, that's, that movie. That's a nice take. I like that a lot. When I when I watch it, I try and justify like why is that supposed to be a teachable moment? Because you know that's how they're making it is him mm-hmm. telling him to suppress himself. Is like how is that supposed to be helpful for him and other people? I just like couldn't I couldn't figure it out. Yeah, and I had to watch um, a little. I had to like kind of watch the highlights of Man of Steel before this to make sure that my opinion still was valid because it's been <laughs> yeah. so long, and I haven't seen Man of Steel since I've had kids of my own. So when I was watching that scene where he's like talking to Clark, uh-huh. being like, you know, like, is this how it? Like, you know, he's like, you maybe you don't need to be, you know, display. Don't show that. You know, like the, uh-huh. the world's not ready for that. Like, I don't know if if my kid like. I wouldn't be like that. I don't know. I was, I was upset even before having kids being like, that seems like a really bad lesson to teach your kid. Right. It's very weird. I'm just like that. That seems even more like, I would be like, look, this is a confusing thing that you're going through and we're going to help you figure it out. And like, we'll help you learn more about yourself and and we'll figure this out together. But yeah. (laughs) Suppressing who you are and just be like, hide it hide it at all costs. It doesn't <laughs> hide it. matter. doesn't matter. Oh, you're gay. Hide it. Like that's, a, I mean, yeah. that's all, I think that really is kind of like a metaphor. Yeah. In Man of Steel. Like it's, it's I'm, kind of I'm like, curious if that was an intent they had though. Cause the, those scenes don't read like that. I, I think you are providing a very cool way to look at this series that I don't think that they were intending. No. Cause um, I don't think that they were, you know, as much as they thought ahead, I don't think they were thinking that deeply about what, what it was. Yeah. You know? 
Well, but yeah, that, it's like he's asking in Manistee, he's asking, like, you need to be a little selfish until you can figure yourself out, like, all that stuff. So, like, don't save those kids on the bus that fell into the river. Like, maybe some people just need to die. And it's like, my parents would have never told me that. Like, that, yeah. that's just like a, what what parent tells you, like, you know, if you have the opportunity to do something good for other people, why wouldn't you do it? So, like, and, having your reading on it, it makes it, like, oh, like, a commentary on parenting. Yes. Does, I gotta, yeah. it, I gotta give you cred. That's pretty oh. cool. <laughs> well, thank you. I mean, honest, I, I, I have been going through, since having kids of my own, I've had to do so much of my own therapy, and a lot of it is, like, <laughs> understanding the behaviors that I am modeling for my children. Like, because I am, like, I am very much like Batman at times. If I am angry about something there's there's times where nobody can change my opinion of it and it's only something that makes me go like what the hell am i doing like i need to calm down here that makes yeah. me like take a step back from it you know so like i can relate to that like desire to be like you know not the full on desire of like we need to kill that man yeah, but yeah. like right right i get where batman's coming from like 20 years of doing it and you know doing a crazy job dealing with crazier people is going to make you go, what the hell is going on here? Like, I totally get that. Him looking up at the sky and being like, this guy needs to die. Like, makes yeah. perfect sense for this Batman, for where he is in his life. Yeah. Well, and and having said all that, to our audience, if if you haven't rewatched the movie and you were like, I was on the fence, uh, you know, or or you haven't watched it, I will say, I think you got to go Ultimate Cut. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if for no other reason, then things will just, whether you accept them or not, they will be uh, explained in the movie uh, yeah. to a better degree. And the the motivations for both Batman and Superman are much clearer, I think. Yeah, uh, flawed, but but, but at least uh, yeah. painted more clearly, yeah. But that, I mean, I think we did it, guys. <laughs> I, I mean, it, we, I... I took a lot of your time to talk about to do it this but, might yeah. this might be our long i think this is our longest episode today well we're not quite as long as the ultimate cut itself but uh <laughs> no yeah, but i, I think it. i mean I this, think is, this, is, this is what we it. do on our show all the time like we go over like way too long on some of these <laughs> movies that are under 90 minutes and we talk about them for over two hours sometimes so. yeah <laughs> well speaking of do you have anything to plug? Oh, I do. Well, thank you for that. Yeah. Well, and again, I wanted to thank both of you guys because I know I was kind of like, um, I want to be on your show. Like, you know, it wasn't. <laughs> oh, I'm always I like, was excited. Yeah. I'm always asking people like, hey, do you guys want to do an episode? And I, I totally flat out was like, you're doing Batman. You're going to have me on. Right. Like, so <laughs> yeah. thank you. Well, for, you had a uh, great take. So I'm, I'm glad. Oh, well, thank yeah. You. I'm glad you appreciate that. And uh, and I appreciate being on. And uh, yeah, uh, you can listen to 90 Under 90 wherever you get your podcasts. We did just launch a Patreon uh, on May 4th. We started, um, we have a few exclusives. We have a franchise show of our own that we're talking about, wherein uh, we discuss movies that um, we otherwise uh, have completely ignored. Um, so yeah, we have a, a, a show that on there that's a weekly where, so that's a bonus show, and then you can get all kinds of other exclusives. And uh, I would be remiss if I did not also plug an intervention, which is still available. Oh yeah, uh, to watch, watch on it, Amazon folks. Prime. Um, and uh, Dan has uh, showed me uh, a little bit of the next one too. So if we're lucky, we're gonna have something else at the end of this year too. But I don't, I don't. Oh I don't wanna, cool. Uh, I don't want to jinx anything right now. But yeah, so we got that. And uh, and lastly, if you just want some some goofy, stupid TikTok fun. 
um, at the great plume on TikTok. Um, just that's all I'll say. Go ahead, look into th- what he has to offer, and uh, I, I, <laughs> what I, he has I, to offer. I think you'll be entertained. I hope you'll be entertained by it at all. It's it's really stupid, but it's it's fun for me. Cool. Yeah. Big recommend to the intervention. Yeah, Black we and I really were laughing that. out loud the whole time. Oh, you were man. hilarious. Oh, it was all yeah. so funny. You you guys are the uh, the first people who have uh, who have commented on on my performance. So I I'm thankful for for hearing that. A lot oh, of people are I... and, and rightfully so. A lot of people are like, oh, Phil did such a great job. Caitlin did so great. Mike is uh, is is hilarious in the movie, mm-hmm. and and they all deserve that credit too. But I'm just like, eh, I'm I'm kind of I'm, I'm doing something. Like I, I think well, that it's so uh, your yeah. character is so hilarious that he's just so worried about getting dinner ready <laughs> and that the dinner is he's, gonna taste so good. good. That's he's very so single mindedly. He's 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 like uh he's like Jack Sparrow, like just get to the pearl. That's all I want. Yeah. I just want the pearl. Yeah. <laughs> Where's my pearl? Oh my gosh, it was so funny. Well, it's you know, anytime you're watching something that is not like a big budget, even even big budget by like indie standards, you know, it's always mm-hmm. like, you know, the first thing to go is acting, usually. You know, because yeah, yeah, you, you can look past a lot if if acting is good, and so it's like, okay, let's watch this movie. I, I hope it's good, and I don't have to like, you know, try and try and figure something out to compliment or something like that. And then we watch it, we're like, oh, we just genuinely enjoyed that movie. <laughs> I mean, well, pretty good. immediately, it's like, yeah, this is great. I and, love it. And the acting all around was really great. Yeah. But you you were our favorite. We were we were busting. And we're not just saying that because you're guessing on our podcast. No, no, I, I, I I've I've heard the compliments before, and I'm I'm thankful for them. Uh, so thank you very much for that. I appreciate that. Are Are you in the next one? I am. I'm very much in the next one. Awesome. Um, very good. Very good. It's It's interesting. Every time we do a role, I try to like almost do the polar opposite of what I did before. So the very cool. first movie we played, I played myself, and I was like the main character in the movie and i was just like and then we got to an intervention and i was just like i want to play somebody who's completely uh non-crucial to the plot mm-hmm. and basically if i could be cut from the movie nobody would miss anything that's what i want for this <laughs> and and i was so gentle in that one that i was just like okay now i need to play somebody who makes people feel uncomfortable and that's basically good good the next one and yeah i go i it is an odd character and i oh, i hope so that excited. it works the same way <laughs> i don't know well, we'll be we'll be looking forward to it. Oh yeah, very I'll excited. Notify well, thanks you guys for coming on. Well, and uh, for for those of you who want more of us, you got to go to patreon.com slash m i c a h m c c a w. Get yourself. Um, this is the month of June for this episode, and so we did a special one-off episode where we covered the kid who would be king with one of our friends from high school. Yep. It's very funny. Definitely go check that out. Also, wait, let me look Oh, yes, yes, yes. I just got a short story published in Teleport Magazine. So if you want to read a spooky, scary story, go to teleportmagazine.com. And it's just under my name. And it's called What Belief Can and Cannot Do. Give give them a little pitch, because I... uh, it's like a. Tw- it's kind of like Twilight a Twilight Zone, Zone episode. episode, is how I like to describe it. And it's two sisters at a carnival who go into this tent and pull the trigger of a gun that they are told will kill a random person that's not within their proximity, and that the story is about them wrestling with if they accept that as truth or not, and the guilt that might cause. Well, I'm that's the that. elevator pitch. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I'm, I'm reading it tomorrow. I'm telling you that well. right now. I'm gonna find it. Cool. 
Well, see you later, audience. Next week it is... Oh, no. Next week is Suicide Squad, folks. Bye. If, if I can say one thing, mm-hmm. the extended cut makes it 5% better. If Unless I am forced to, the, unless HBO doesn't have the theatrical, <laughs> there's no way. Look, it, it, is, it is not as much of a leap as, as the ultimate cut is for this one. I'll tell you that. <laughs> so you may okay. not need it. <laughs> All right, folks. We'll see you next week. Bye.